Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, guys. DGS on Camelwax. Two minutes past 4 p.m. Every Tuesday, we do the Think Tank. Every day, we talk about politics to some extent and, uh, you know, everything, culture and silliness and bathroom humor. Uh, but on Tuesdays, 4 p.m., we always uh, dedicate that to having a couple of our friends in. Today, we have Alvin Reed. We have David Barklage. Uh, I always love when Alvin comes in now. Alvin is a KU grad. Phoebe's KU there now. And... Uh, you relate to the shenanigans. Uh, yes, yes. I, I, the thing I told are, are you is you pulled off with an apology? Uh, no, no, no. Well, <laughs> I could go back and say, like, yeah, you know, like, I, I could have been a better individual while I was at KU. So anybody oh, really? I offended, I apologize to. No, I was a good kid. I was a good kid. college supposed to be about five Yeah, it was. And, yeah. and, and truth be told, I was, I was a pretty good kid when I was in college. I, I bet. I, I really was. I mean, I figured, like, well, I can't do anything to get thrown out of here. Yeah. And I, I worked for the football team, well, so I stayed busy. Thank goodness you didn't busy. talk to me. I could have told you many no, things. Well, not, now, now, there was no camcorder or anything, so, you know. <laughs> you know no, no evidence. Yeah. No evidence of me ever doing anything wrong, but, yeah. I've there had that it. the best? Doesn't, mm-hmm. Didn't camcorders and all these things oh. take away all the fun? Yeah, well, it was the camcorder was the first, like, invention that I thought to myself, <laughs> I'm glad they hadn't come up with this yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, because this would have been trouble. And right. now you can and, see it coming, you know, phone. Elizabeth, yeah, yeah, phone. Oh, good point. Well, Excellent now you've point. got the the uh, the meta glasses, where yeah. someone's wearing a, a pair of glasses, look yeah. like glasses, mm-hmm. and the Ray Bans. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'll tell you a political story. When GoCams first came out, mm-hmm. we we liked to send operatives in to take pictures, and so I hired this guy to follow Monty uh, Mar- uh, uh, Susan Monty, who was mm-hmm. the auditor at the mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. and. Um, so he brings back the tape, and it's great because she talks about wanting to get a margarita machine. She's yeah, strong she back in her car all that. Well, mm-hmm. that was ours. Yeah. Well, the problem was this guy was really short, and she was tall. And so most of the time it was her breasts that were in the picture. And that's when we learned there is an art to, like, height and all these things and taking pictures. But that was our first foray. It's like, I need to get a taller guy next time. This is a little disconcerting. <laughs> Wheels has that trouble. Yeah. I mean... What can I do? I'm short. It's all breasts. Uh, David, you're working on a paper called Ending the Era of the Populist and Woke Movements. <laughs> yes, I'm ready for that paper. I was going to say, that's both That's that's both ends of the political yeah. spectrum there, boy. It is. I'm an equal opportunity employer. Give us a taste. So, one, you know, I'm in the working on the paper right now, but I'll give you a couple things. Is that, one, I, I think it's, I don't call them conservatives. I really call them populist. I think that these people that are pretending to be conservatives, like George Will is a conservative, you know, Buckley is a conservative. They have a philosophy. 
most of these people don't even have a worldview. Mm-hmm. Uh, ask the modern populist, you know, what are we doing in Ukraine or China and why? They can't answer it. Two, uh, you know, they're all over the place in terms of spectrum issues. There's no really deep ideology involved other than really a populism. And, and woke is the same thing. But both of them on the political spectrum, I look at it as a circle that up here at the top of the circle, mind you, is sort of center politics. A little to the right is Republicans. A little to the left is Democrats. A little more to the left are liberals. A little more to the right are conservatives. And all of a sudden, as you start to get down to the bottom, is where anarchy is. And I would argue that woke is a little to the to the right of, of anarchy and, and progr- uh, populists are a little to the left. They want to blow stuff up. They don't want to build. They don't want to prove. They don't want to do anything else. And, and the answer to them is not to put them in jail or to shoot them or to, you know, divide. It's to ignore them. And, and I, I would argue that if we start ignoring them, we ignore the special interest. And I think there's a couple of steps to getting rid of wokeism and populism out of American politics so that we can move more to the center of politics of engagement, politics of producing and bettering and and managing and accountability. And to that regard, I think there's a whole special interest group on each side that's set up to to radicalize that benefits not for discourse, but for, you know, division that is, you know, built on that, that there is uh, that holding them accountable, that there is a whole host of things I think that we can do as the American people to start to move things back to the center away for these two. But they, they just want to blow up. They both are haters. You know, the, 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 the woke want to make everybody a racist because you don't agree with them or every Christian a racist because they don't have the same philosophy or, or ideology. And on the other side, they espouse a different hate. And so I don't see these groups much different. And to that regard, while it sounds like far left, far right, I really think they're very close together. And I think they can be dealt with because the same interests sort of benefit and feed off each side. And I think we need to have an approachment of how we get these out of uh, political discourse. And look, I think the Internet um, is a major problem that we have to address on so many levels that has fed them and allowed people to go in the groups, the tech, tech companies, for example, I'm going to argue in this paper that we ought to open up liability, let the trial lawyers feast on the tech companies for the things they are doing. Ford, if you guys remember, blew up a few Pentos, and I don't mm-hmm. mean to lessen that. It was a terrible mm-hmm. thing, and, and their bean counters missed the, the human element of why that was so wrong, and they paid for it. These Internet companies, every day, the manipulation, the, the financial redistribution between criminals and 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 ethical seniors trying to, you know, figure things out, kids being blackmailed. I mean, almost every level of the Internet has gone to where it has been, well, you have to use it to do commerce, you have to do it, do it socially, yet we're open up to this terrible thing which political elements use to radicalize Americans. And I'm telling you, the defense industry needs to stand up, the Department of Defense. We have foreign players that are manipulating, dividing America. I had a reasonable person in my office the other day, a person I've known all my life, and I'll, I'll close with this. And he goes, we're going to civil war. We're going to start killing people. And I'm like, where's this coming from? It's, it's like if you go to Portageville, Missouri, or you go to uh, over in southern Illinois or something, people are just getting along. They just want to make enough money to pay their bills, to have a decent life, to go to a high school football game. They're not into this war. They don't care about 
all these trans and gendered and 50 different deals. And I, it, I'm not disrespecting that. It's just simply that it has become the whole, it's pushed everything reasonable out of politics. There's no more policy. It's all just simple attacks. Alvin, how's it hit you? Well, I mean, you know, it, I think throughout time, the same kind of things have been stated. It sounds like you have a firm grasp on it. And I, I look forward to reading your, your paper. But, I've, you know, I think most of us have kind of felt that way that, what has happened in the, and I guess, what, can you go back 20 years or, or maybe not that much, but what has happened is that reasonable thought and expression has been has been pushed to the side. And I think there is a zeal to be in office now that literally people, I, I don't know what the reward is that people want to say, do anything to win votes so that they can be in office. Is it that cushy a job? Does it make you that important? Is it all just a head rush and a head game that I'm, I'm the man or I'm the woman now because I hold this seat. That's the part that I don't get the, the where you would basically turn away from everything, you know, is correct and start feeding people these lines that, you know, are not right, and that's both parties, mm-hmm. and they, like you said, that's that's both, you know, just 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 nonsense on 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 both player side. Um, you know, you speak to the average black person, they'll, you know, say like, yeah, crime is a problem, and what do we do about it? He said like, we'll get criminals off the street, you know, and then like, you know, I say that and say that, I get fifteen emails like, you don't understand, you don't understand the root cause, you don't understand, like, no, I understand that criminals need to be in jail, okay. And I think the overwhelming majority of black people and black voters think that. But where are we at in this argument? Nobody, nobody want to hear us because I can't look, Alvin. I can't win my congressional seat if I go out there talking that, you know. And you know, I just that, Alvin, you bring up such a good point, and far be it from me because this is the point I'm about to make to to talk about the African American experience. But like mansplaining. Uh, where a woman will say something, a man will be like, here's what you really meant. Uh, there's never been a time, I remember, where more white people are talking on behalf of black people. I, I agree. I agree. And that, um, especially politicians, I know what's best for you. And it's so like, actually, you don't. But And that's, like I say, both sides of the aisle, that I you really don't have an understanding. Like you said, go to Portisville, go here, go there, go to Kirkwood, ask, you know, anybody. Say, so like, what? Where is your angst coming from? So my angst is coming from all the hate that's out there. Well, I can do politics. I can do all that. We can say, like, I think we should, you know, do this as opposed to that. But all this, I hate you because you think something. And it's coming from people. And now this is where I run into trouble. I'm sorry for that song, Lunatic Friends. You know, I said, like, man, you know what? That We had that under control when I was growing up and when I got older. Now the fringe is running things, and it, that's dangerous. I'm sorry, but that's dangerous. And I think there's a lack of intelligence, and there's a lack of understanding. And I don't know if that comes from education, from where you grew up in your household. I don't know what that deal is, but there is a lack of intelligence in education, and and that's how the internet is also, you know, festering people's minds because they just just don't know any better. Yeah. Uh, David Barklage, uh, Alvin Reed for the Think Tank. David, you talked about that the way to deal with the fringe is to ignore the fringe. Is, has that time passed? No, I think that time's coming. I, I think that the pent-up frustration of, and I, I want to talk about Iowa in a minute because I have a different view than I think most political uh, uh, people on that. But I think the time has come where middle America is getting really frustrated and they're looking for an outlet right now. We're sort of at it where everybody's looking at each other. 
But I think it will come. Reasonable people will see through that because, look, guys, when I turn off the phone, when I don't look at Twitter, when I don't look at at the stuff out there, it normalizes. It's sort of like I walk in, I have a good burger, a bad burger. I sit down and talk to people mm. I don't know. I, you know, I, I, people are just wanting to live their lives. And to that regard, at some point, people are going to realize this is all fake. That that this is meant by foreign interests, by by corporate interest, by special interest, are trying to design a world and keep us in our box uh, and radicalize us we'll, against each other. I think I said it earlier when we were talking about this. It's, it, we're too ba- based in emotion. Too based in emotion. We're all angry. It's it's the anger, especially on one side, and it's, um, I don't know, maybe it's anger on the other side too, but the extremes that we're talking about, the, the reactions are not rational, thought out, Absolutely. let's talk about what it means. It's, I'm angry. What I now I just want to be angry. I want that that's I want my anger to impact how other people mm-hmm. are behaving. Well, as you guys are talking, I'm thinking to myself, <clears throat> I can't remember the last person I met who I was offended by. I can't think of the of a person. I could name a hundred people on a screen who I'm offended by. <laughs> but I can't think of the last human being that Absolutely. I shook their hand and thought, I just don't want to ever see this guy. Real again. life isn't matching this other. And and let me Get the, uh, on. Let's talk about abortion in a second. Let's talk about a controversial issue. So, I am adopted. My mother, I found, met her recently. My natural mother never really was looking, and it happened by accident. But, but I, she was in Montana. She was 15. She got pregnant. Uh, she came all the way to Kansas City, Missouri, to stay with an uncle. That's what they did at that time. They made a conscious decision that she was going to have me and then adopt me. She was in a dorm, Tory with eight other girls on different levels of pregnancy, had me, basically had me stripped away from the second I was born, went back home. Uh, she was ostracized, kept out of activities because she was that girl. Uh, but she gave me a chance. She gave me a life. Mm-hmm. And she looked for me for the last 50 years. Now, I, I don't think I would look for me for the last 50 years. But <laughs> she didn't. But my point is this, is that you've got one side that, you know, demands that you you have to have the child. The other side demands that you should be able to do whatever you want. I would argue that 80% of Americans are sort of like, if my sister had an abortion, am I going to judge her? Am I going to throw her in jail for it? Hell no. I'm going to support her. Having an abortion, I sat across from another woman who had had abortion with her husband before they were married when they were in high school, and they had several kids since. She still to this day is emotional about it. That is a terrible choice. It's a burden upon a woman, not so much a right of choice. It is God has given that burden to them that they're making decision for the man, for themselves, and for the child. And to that, that weighs on them forever. And to that, why, you know, why do we have to have this debate about talking to throwing doctors and, and people in jail? It's not even reasonable. And my point is my mom went through a lot to have me, and it means a great deal. It centers me mm-hmm. being pro-life. But I'm as pro-life as I am would never punish someone like But modern politics, it's sort of like you're either give the woman the right to go there uh, the last day of her pregnancy and to have it or, you know, we're going to throw you in jail. And it's insane. It doesn't make real sense. Um, we're going to do another segment here. If you want to jump in with us, 314-436-7900. Welcome back, guys. 425 DG. Ask David Barklidge, Alvin Reed here for the Think Tank. Uh, so last night, Donald Trump got about 51%. DeSantis and Nikki Haley pretty much evenly split the rest, which looks dominating. But, David, you have a different take. Yeah, look, uh, Trump was, in in some respects, the Republican Party, I'd call him the incumbent president. 
uh, and he was at 51%, and you have a, a group running against him that's all been attacking each other. None of them have focused on Trump, and so there's been no Republican on Republican on Trump yet. And I, I think to the extent that one of those people can start talking and sound more presidential, they are going to pick up steam. I think the reason that Trump's support was even the level it was is because of a lack of another person that they felt you know, could fill that void who was presidential. And I've always, I understand why they don't want to attack Trump because he's the king, so they attack each other. But if they just all talked about themselves and what they do, I think they would all have done better. But with this being said, you know, you're going into New Hampshire, which won't be as good for Trump. You're going to South Carolina, won't be necessarily as good for Trump. Um, and if if either the governor of Florida or Nikki Haley, I think, start to to build a lead, I think it could become a two way race. And in a two way race, if it happens in the next uh, you know, three to four weeks. Remember, California, those are late. I think Trump is in trouble. I think once the American people, specifically Republican voters, see there is an alternative, then Trump is in real trouble. I, I would agree 100% on the Democratic side as well. I, I, I think that whole race change is just when somebody says, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, and if Biden beats me, Biden beats me. I don't think it's the end of my political career because I just think that there's millions of people out there that do not Biden versus Trump again. I'm one of them. I'm, I'm like, if we can't do any better than this, then we need to stop trying. Now, I don't mean that really literally, but at, but at the same time, I'm just, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for somebody to say like, wait, every, this is not tea leaves anymore. This is every kind of like poll that you see said like Biden, other person, other person is beating Biden and Trump. And if like, if you're, the National Democratic Party, at what point do you say, like, we got to go in a different direction? You so, like, a, a new uh, Dean Phillips is the only guy to do it so far. Mm-hmm. I applaud his bravery. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a Newsom were to mm-hmm. do that, uh, do you think he immediately is somewhere even with Biden in the polls? I think he's immediately even with Biden in the polls. I think the day he said, I'm running for president of the United States, he, he's even, okay? I think, for one, he wins California, obviously. He wins New York. He wins the big states. I think he would carry Ohio. I think he would, you know, I I just think that that would be enough for him to be even almost automatically. Now, I will say this. I don't do the science of the polling close enough to the, I don't know, being the president of the United States and being the incumbent president. That might carry enough for him to win the nomination again, that people just don't want to stray or whatever. But I think... I still think that day is coming. I really do. I, I, I still think that. So does a Newsom not do that, or at least not do it yet, in either a true show of respect or a false show of respect? False show of respect. That I think I think they're waiting for somebody somewhere to do one last tabulation to say, hmm. like, you could actually, you could win. See, I, I, I think you can tell when politicians are making decisions or your operatives are. And in the Biden case... I think that they have determined the operatives that there's no way to get through a convention uh, uh, in Chicago without the progressives taking hold. And I think that that absolutely fears the Obama Biden wing. And I think Biden then they've said, you need to run. You'll pick a new VP who's going to be the person who can replace you at some point. Mm -hmm. And then that person can appoint a new VP. And we have then a new synergy in the party. To me, that sounds stacked. Not that anything's unethical about it, but it sounds stacked by operatives who would think like that way. A politician would say, no, that's not how I want to end. I'm going to get out because I know I'm not going to serve my term. 
I do not believe Biden will be in there more than a year if he runs and is elected president. I think, and I think that's a smart move by the operatives, uh, but I think that's what we get on the Democrats. Side. Okay, I, I, I would agree. I, I just find it interesting that it's Chicago again. Yeah. You know, <laughs> 68. Ooh. Uh, and if you've ever, if you, I, you, you used to could go up there without just walk right up there, but I've stayed in Chicago Hilton before. And if you're ever in Chicago, go to that ballroom. And it, it, history. It's, it's so small. It's so small. David Barklage, Alvin Reed, thank you. Quick break. Right back. Here's the news. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 441 DGS on KMOX. Stairway to Kevin. All right, let's do some. F- I, we, I, I love these history things, but did you see, Dave, uh, Rage, Andrew, did any of you see the story about the new city that they found in the Amazon? No. No. So they found, uh, I, I don't know if it's Mayan or pre-Mayan, but it's a 2,600-year-old city uh, that's that's in the Amazon in Ecuador. And the only way they were able to find it is using LIDAR. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. That's and cool. So the story's interesting because LIDAR is changing archaeology completely. Like, they're able to see things you can't see from the sky. So if, like, because this area is covered in trees. It's covered in vegetation. And without... Um, essentially, I, I don't want to over disc- over describe it. It's it's a way of using lasers to see through what's on top of a surface. Um, but they they found this place that is structured. I mean, like they have thousands of like rectangular shaped platforms, plazas, I guess if you will, like little settlements, and they're all connected by a road, and it's a dead straight road. And they think that this little city that they're calling it little housed tens or hundreds of thousands of people at a time 2,600 years ago that we didn't think that existed in that part of the world. But it's just another, like, how many more are we going to have? It's never going to, this isn't going to stop, is it? With LIDAR and a lot of the other technologies, I think we're going to keep finding that the dates are older and older, but that's cool. I'm not sure if it's because of religion that we all grew up knowing the story of the Bible and that was the story of humanity. I'm not right. knocking religion. I'm just saying that's a fact that most of us grew up in Sunday school and here's how old the earth is. And here's when, you know, this happened and that happened. Yeah, yeah. But um, 
regardless of the reason, we seem it seems to be true that we really underestimated humans and yes. what we could do at really early stages. Yeah, I mean, so th- this I thought that was an interesting find, right? I mean, the the idea here to me though is more about technology and science helping mm-hmm. us learn these things. Um, Gigantopithecus, did you yeah. see the story about that this yes. week? So why it, they died out? First of all, just for people that don't get it, like I, the headline is what grabbed me, and then when I opened it up, I'm like, oh, it's Gigantopithecus, because the headline was elephant-sized apes, like how the elephant size. So Gigantopithecus was the size of an elephant, but it was an ape. And like, why did that not make it, but we did? And they go in and explain it's because they never adapted their eating patterns mm-hmm. and what they ate kind of went away. And then they were just, well, we're, you know, we're dead. Yeah. But elephant-sized apes existed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, like, and they're they not, made it with Denisovans like, and made the Bigfoot. Just putting, it, putting that out there. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's one of, isn't that what, that's one of the theories that it's people the throw out there is that <laughs> that's a, because there's more than one category of Gigantopithecus. Yeah. This is the one that I think it's. Blacky. Yeah, that's what it is. It's what, black, but with an I at the yeah. end. I couldn't tell what the pronunciation was on that. But that's one particular kind. There were others that were not the size of elephants. But, like, when you, when you, I think of something like that. Imagine an ele- an elephant-sized ape, because apes had the intelligence and they had hands and thumb, you know, posable. It didn't make it. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. It didn't make it simply because it couldn't adapt to the way that it, it, it ate. And other primates, our ancestors, of course, but other primates did, and that's why they're here. I think it's fascinating that humans with the same brain we had occupied the same space as 10-foot-tall giant sloths. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our ancestors, who were indistinguishable from us, not even talking about Neanderthals no, or no, cro like, Just, just, just homo us, sapiens, yeah. Would walk out of their cave or their DP or whatever it was, and there's a 10-foot giant <laughs> sloth. <laughs> what? Not to mention all these other primates yeah. that don't exist anymore. All these other relatives of ours. It's fascinating because I'm such a nerd about this stuff. And I think we're in the fifth great uh, extinction. And, you know, the first one was caused by this and the second one by this. But something like 93% of every species that's ever lived on the planet, 93%, the vast majority, almost all, are gone. Yeah. There, there are so many things that have lived on this planet that we don't know about. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's scary. No, well, yeah, well, I mean, kind of, but it's also kind of amazing. First of all, there's no room for all of them. He's called you a <laughs> sissy. He did. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I have no problem. Uh, That's uh, the way uh, Ali Marmol answered my question yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't know why it would be scary if we're here and they're not. Because it's, I'm not scared of the big bird I don't know about. It's scary in like a... Uh, existential scent. It's Andrew's scary afraid in the, of the big bird. <laughs> Don't let him watch bird. Sesame Street. He gets it's, scared. It's scary to be reminded that there are so many unknowable things that we can never possibly know because we yeah. are nothing. We are insignificant. Yeah, it's so funny are, that, that like we we are going like, I don't, I'm sure I saved enough for retirement. And they're like, <laughs> uh, the third child just got eaten by a giant sloth. <laughs> we didn't even have another one. Sloths ate children? That's all they ate. <laughs> <laughs> few minutes shy of 5 p.m. Total information p.m. coming up. We've referenced this a couple of times in the show, but we haven't really talked about it. I was really affected intellectually and emotionally when I realized that all of the caucus 
votes were being counted in popcorn boxes last night. Uh, and one of them was in a high V shopping bag, a paper bag. Yeah. Like, what? Hmm. And that's the group of people that worries about election fraud? Yeah, and I don't know. I didn't I didn't even have a frame of reference like, I'm so mad, or I'm so impressed. I was just like, hey, <laughs> I, those are popcorn bags. We're really still doing that? I think they take pride in that. We're Iowa. We're meat and potatoes, and we don't need any fancy machines. We just need popcorn bags. Hmm. So there's no way to cheat there. 14%. Of a really lightly populated state using torn off pieces of paper and popcorn boxes and shopping bags made a really big decision for the nation last night. Yeah. I'm still so confused by the whole like caucusing process. I know yeah. Michael and John both explained it to us, and I'm just like, yes, I'm not retaining <laughs> well, it's this. Because it's from 1840. Yeah. DeSantis accused Trump and the media yeah. of being in collusion. Yep. And I don't think it made a difference, but I understand why he's mad. Because I was watching the biggest caucus in Iowa. That sounded dirty. Uh, and <laughs> they were, everyone was openly saying, like, Trump wins. He's, he's, he's crushed everyone. And these people hadn't even voted yet. Yeah, that's kind of insane. And it was the biggest room in, in Iowa. I was confused. I was watching last night, and it was like with 5% of the votes in, Trump takes Iowa. And I'm going, how does that work? That I mean, smart really people screw understand with it, me. but I yeah. don't get yeah. it. Yeah. Like, I understand the concepts, but I still, I'm like, there's only 1% in. There's 99% yeah, to wait go. For those the other whole percent. thing could change. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 